You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. Let's start the year off strong. Download our Unstucked Budgeting Guide to get unstuck in your finances to begin to understand your flow of money. Look, when I think back to when I really made a shift from living paycheck to paycheck to being able to invest and actually understand my retirement timeline, it all started with budgeting. So download our budgeting guide available in the show notes. Now on to the episode. Jesse, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on. We were just talking. I think the last time we saw each other, actually, I was laughing. Uh, in a past life, I thought I wanted to be an event planner and I threw this big party. And Jesse actually helped with that. <laughs> hey, that party was lit. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling him, like, I remember when we first met, we both kind of were still trying to find our way. And it's really cool to see that, like, we found that path. For those that aren't familiar, Jesse Ray is the owner of Growth House. And Jesse, I'm actually, like, feel like a listener right now. Like, I want to learn about Growth House. So can you tell us a little bit about Growth House, how you got there, and just a little bit about yourself, too? Yeah, let me start. Um, really starts from the beginning. Like association and environment are such key components of, you know, life and where you're going to go in life. You know, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So my story, single mom, you know, in California, it was good, but, you know, environment and association was not the greatest. And I was blessed to have a stepdad step into my life. And at the age of six, then I moved up to Portland, Oregon, which I spent most of my time. And that's where we connected up in Portland. And so, you know, long story short, to kind of tie it all together, I realized like the difference between where I was able to be around with association and environment once I moved to Portland versus my friends back home in California and how different that was. So early on, I just realized, man, that's such an important thing to realize and remember. Fast forward to graduating college, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And I want to be an entrepreneur. I was that kid, you know, at five, six years old. I was selling basketball cards, Pokemon cards in the streets. I was just had the entrepreneur spirits. So I always knew I was going to get back to that, right? Was that like you? I'm always curious. Did you have that also? Absolutely. It's funny because my dad was an architect. He was an entrepreneur. And I remember doing almost the exact same thing. First, it was like trading lunches. And then that upgraded to cards. But I just wanted to do something where I felt like I was getting more than what I had. And that actually took a lot of unpacking because it can be a pro and a con, that mindset. Man, that's so true. But you can definitely relate to that then. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So I knew I was going to get back to you know the entrepreneur world. And so after college, I was like, all right, how am I going to do this? Literally spent six years, every single year, opening up a business, closing it. Don't want to say it's a failure. I like to say it's a learning lesson. Fail forward, baby. Fail forward. Fail forward. <laughs> absolutely. 100%. And so, yeah, that's what I ended up doing. Just six years going, you know, my head against the wall, just trying and trying and trying to figure it out. And then I realized, man, it's my environment and my association. Same with what happened when I was young. And then I, you know, changed my environment association. Now I'm trying to become an entrepreneur. So what do I need to do? Surround myself with other entrepreneurs, some coaches, some mentors, and everybody in my circle didn't have that mindset. They still love them to death. They're my best friends day once, but I knew how to step out of that to become a greater version of myself. So at that time, year six, I'm like, something's got to change. And, you know, like a lot of millennials, I'm looking at Twitter. I'm saying, okay, there's a tweet out there that says, move out of your hometown in your 20s. Life hack. Swear it's a life hack. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do it. So within the next like probably three to four months, I start planning my trip to Phoenix. I love Phoenix, Arizona. And so I make the move to Arizona, 
within six months in Arizona, being surrounded by like-minded people, ambitious, young professionals, entrepreneurs, that's when everything clicked. That environment association completely changed. I was able to build the confidence to actually start something myself and become an entrepreneur full-time, quit my job, went all in. And that's how I started the growth house. And kind of, you know, why I started the growth house was two things, environment and association. I wanted to be that coach and mentor for the people that were stuck, you know, like your podcast. I was stuck for those six years. And so now I want to be the coach and mentor to help those people transition out of that W-2 to become an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur or startup founder, anybody like that. So, you know, what's the best way to do it? Total immersion. And so Growth House is essentially an entrepreneur house. And so now we got two houses, 10 entrepreneurs between the two of them, weekly meetings, masterclasses. When you're surrounded by positive energy, things can happen and accelerate in your life. Absolutely. I'm sure you've heard this analogy, but, you know, environment's so important. You, know, you take a bottle of water and someone's selling it on the street for 75 cents. You find your way into a stadium. That bottle costs $10. And it's the same bottle of water, right? And I've learned that tenfold uh, in my last couple of years, right? It's like, it's not, there's something wrong with you. I mean, it's great to learn skills. It's great to try new things. But it's amazing when you get in the right environment and people value you, how fast your trajectory exponentially increases. So thanks for sharing that because I know there's so many people listening that are reluctant to take that personally. I'm someone, my coach says, I like to write the ledger. I like to like perfectly plan out things before I do it. And I've completely deviated away from that. So what led you to have so much confidence and to just be able to go for it? Like what was keeping you going? What was keeping you motivated to go launch the growth house? Cause that's scary. Like not only are you moving to like a new state, all of a sudden you're putting yourself out there and bringing people who you may or may not know into a house together. Like what keeps you going? What is that vision for you for the growth house? Like where do you see the growth house going in about two years? Yeah. Great questions kind of going backwards, my why. My why is what pushed me forward through all those, you know, tough times. And my why is really, you know, my mission statement for personally is to inspire and help people fulfill their full potential. And when that's your purpose and that's your passion, you make it happen even if it sucks and even if it's challenging and hard. And another, you know, one of my favorite quotes is expand your comfort zone. So I'm always looking for ways to get out of my comfort zone and, you know, try to to make sure that I'm doing something every day that's a little bit outside my comfort zone because I don't want to say step outside. I just want to expand it a little bit daily. But you said, uh, yeah, two years. Yeah. Where do you see Growth House in two years? I mean, I want to dive into like what that session looks like, but like, tell me what your vision is right now. Bro, my vision in two years, which I thought it was going to be a three to five year play, but now within two years with everything's happened in the last seven months, it's really like two to three of these in each major entrepreneurial city. I want this to be a plug and play for entrepreneurs. You know, I tell people I live here, this is not like, I don't want you to think of this as a home or your house. I want you to think of this almost as like an incubator where you come here three to six months, you have intentions, remove all distractions, unless it's, you know, focus on your business. And also it's not even just business, you know, growth house is all about holistic success. So we're looking at all aspects of life, mind, body, spirit, make sure everything's right. I don't care if someone walks out of here a millionaire, I want them to be a millionaire and a good person and a better person throughout this process as well. I love that. Well, take us into a session. Like when you think about your favorite growth house day or night, what does that look like? What were you guys doing? What problems were being solved? Like just put us there. Man, there's so many. And there's so many different aspects of it because we've had, you know, actually something that kind of I'm reminded about was last week we had a power outage and this is not normal, but this is just something that's so cool that happens. We have a power outage, but we also have Monday accountability meetings where we all talk to each other. Okay, do we hit our goals? Also, how can we help each other? And so we have a powder outage and literally it was pitch black. 
where we all still got together in the loft of one of the houses. And that was probably the best time because it's like, how many other environments do you have when you have 10 like-minded people in the room? And no matter what, no matter if the power's out, you still want to just hang out with each other and see how you can help each other grow their business, personal life, and just be there for each other. I mean, but that's that's a that's a you know a rare case when we have no power. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just kind of cool because I'll always remember that time. But what does a usual day look like? Let's just say, you know, wake up at five o'clock and then we hit a workout and then also go to an ice plunge. We got a, you know, a chest freezer that we converted into an ice plunge. And that's something that we like to do. And like I said, step out of your comfort zone, expand it. And that's something we do almost every day. And then after that, kind of get into our work. Some people work remotely from home. Some people go to the office because it's kind of half and half W2 to transition to be an entrepreneur and also people that are already 100% self-employed. And then, you know, at night, we sometimes have a masterclass. Sometimes we have game night, just depending on the day of the week. I would love to actually kind of just dive in and tell you kind of who's in the house, because that's a common question. So I'm in, we call GH1 and GH2. So I'm in the newer one, and we have Derek upstairs. He's an accountability and discipline coach. And then also he has his own property management company. He's got a crazy story. I love to, you know, have him hop on one day. But he started with, I believe, three properties when he moved into the growth house. Within seven months, he now has 35 plus in three different states. Wow. Something's working in there. <laughs> That's just the, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, he's a disciplined guy. You know, he had it inside of him. He just needed to be pushed. He needed to be around other like-minded people to say, hey, man, you know, four is cool. Maybe you're paying your bills, but let's, you know, let's take it up a notch. Let's inspire. I want to inspire him to take it up, a, you know, to another level. And he's incredible. He's like my right-hand guy with the growth house. Believed in the vision before we even had our second house and before there was really a growth house. It was me just kind of saying, you know, this is what I want to do. He's like, I'm in. And I love people like that, you know, take action. So that's one example. We have uh, Ville. He's upstairs. He's an aerospace, super smart guy. He's also working on a website development company. So he helps me with my website and all that kind of stuff. We have David. He's actually in Sweden right now. Shout out my guy, David. He does all my videos. So all the videos, all the edits, that's my guy, David. Obviously, they don't just, you know, work with the growth house. It's just powerful when you're able to collab with each other, you know, within these environments. I'm writing down these contacts because I'm like, I can, I can use these people. Like, <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm I like, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I yeah, love it. That's cool. Uh, who else? So at the other house, we got Raj. He was a second growth house member. He works in an automotive company. He works on developing an app. And he also literally had two main goals as he moved into the growth house, which was create an NFT and work with the NFT partner. And then also he wanted to become an entrepreneur again because he had a business in India for seven years, ended up, I believe, selling it and then moving here to get his master's. And then he's like, man, I want to become an entrepreneur again. Within the first three months, actually might have been the first month, but within the first three months, I know for a fact, I was able to connect him with his current partner, Zay. And now they, you know, he's a partner now in a luxury rental car company, which is, you know, right up his passion. And then also now they're planning an NFT launch. So it was just incredible, you know, just connecting the dots for some people. And, and now look what he's doing. That's Raj. And who else is over there? We got um, Simon. Simon just moved in. He started Kogo Foods. So he's a startup founder. And then we have another startup founder, Jaron Lodge. He started Skipping Hole. So it's like cornhole, but it's skipping stones on water that you shoot into targets. Oh, wow. That's cool. Like you have such the range of like ideas Bro. and people. Like that must be so inspiring. Like, that's the cool thing about it. Like, there's so much creativity. Like, we can learn from each other every single day, every time we interact. And Jaron actually just, I believe a few months ago, 
Got it in Big Five, Dick Sporting Goods, now 500 big box retailers across literally the entire nation. So he's like right there on the cusp of just going viral and blowing up. And also um, Shark Tank, I know, is talking to him. So we got some, you know, fun projects in the works. And then who else we got real quick to round it out? Robbie, he sold his company a couple years ago, fashion accessory belts. And then now he's looking for his new venture. And then Gabriel moved here from France. We got so much diversity too, which is amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And, uh, yeah, so that's just a little, you know, a little sneak peek of some of the guys we got. I love this. And I want to unpack some of the things. So I think a big one that a lot of my listeners personally ask me about a lot and even clients ask me about a lot is like making this switch from W2 to entrepreneur. And I think there's a lot of ambiguity in terms of what that means. And personally, I just got a crash course in what that could mean. So I came off a startup that ended up actually not doing too well, but it was one of those experiences that like unlocked so much for me and made me come back to really like the people that were around me already. And that's something I hear you kind of hinting at, like the people who are ready to unlock actually could be around you, whether that's you change your environment or you you know go to a seminar or it's just a friend you maybe haven't talked to in a while. But it was actually really interesting. I became the CPO of her first 100K. Hey, shout out Tori Dunlap, man. Yeah, shout out Tori. Yeah, that, who actually, it's a funny story. Uh, we went to college together, but we actually didn't end up meeting until after college. And I reached out to her and I basically whiteboarded HFK in 2017. But at the time, I was just like an ambitious, like want to be entrepreneur. It's, it's something that like I really wanted. And I basically would sit down with anybody and just, you know, be a sounding board. And what's really interesting is I am now like full-time in my business. I'm 1099, but I'm a CPO. And that's something I want to tell folks. Like there is that middle ground where you can still have, I have a retainer, which acts like a paycheck, right? But you don't have to fully just like quit everything and start from zero. Like what was really cool actually that I want to share is I actually was looking at two opportunities at once, two CPO positions at once, and I ended up being able to service both, one full-time and one as an advisory. So like, you have to kind of like step outside the box a little bit sometimes and dare to to think a little bit bigger. Like you can have it all. And I just really, it really resonated with me when you started talking about people that were also kind of close to you. Like Tori had been around me for a long time, but it just took me some experiences to be ready for that kind of experience that broke things wide open for me. So talk about that. Like, do you recall a moment where you were like, growth house, like this is it? Like I landed on the right thing. Cause we all have the doubts, right? We start something, we're like, I don't know where this is gonna head. I don't know if I'm going in the right direction. Like, what was that moment for you that now like keeps you going? It's a great question. I think you mentioned a couple of things I wanna touch on before I even answer that is, you know, there's different ways of becoming entrepreneur. That's like a word that, you know, is used a lot, but there's an entrepreneur, someone like what you essentially are doing, working within a company, but also, you know, it might be 1099, but you're going to be able to make a lot of money. And also you probably get paid off a of performance. And that's kind of the key thing about the people that we want in these houses. If you're just getting paid just off of your salary and you don't want more, then it's probably not a good fit. But it's like, if you're in sales or if you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, there's a wide variety of, you know, different ways to still have that entrepreneur spirit and want more and have more ambition out of life and especially, you know, paychecks. I had never heard that term personally, by the way, just for the listeners, like entrepreneur, I've never, I'd never heard that before. Yeah. So yeah, I I wanted to touch on that, but also I want to touch on, because I know you talk a lot about financials and you said like, how'd you know Growth House was the right thing? But also for me, the timing. Obviously I built a community out here in Phoenix pretty quickly. And that was because I surrounded myself with like-minded people. 
But also, I worked my ass off for like six years in corporate American sales. Shout out corporate America. I'm just kidding. Bro, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I actually made a little uh, a video about this. I'm like, I love W-2 jobs because that also gave me the confidence and the financials to then start my business. Because I bought two houses in a year. I wouldn't have been able to buy two houses in a year if I didn't save up all that money the past six years from corporate sales. Like, no way. So I definitely have to, you know, show love to, you know, my company that I was with and just W-2 in general, because I can fund your career as you transition to become, you know, a small business owner and then eventually entrepreneur and all that. So yeah, I'll just be honest with you. Like when I was ready to, I also kind of hit a baseline level of financial independence. And so I lived off of my base salary, which in the beginning in sales is super low. So it was like $36,000. I slowly at $42,000, I capped myself. So I was making, you know, $200,000 a year at the tail end of my sales career, but I still was living off of $42,000. I know this is something you can probably relate to. So I delayed gratification, Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. I still have my Honda Civic paid off. I love it. I don't got to worry about a car payment. That's awesome. That's really cool. And the way that just to touch on finances, because that's something that I'm super passionate about is I follow the financial game plan that HFK has now really spread the word on, which is you pick three spending categories. And that's where the majority of your money goes. So like for me, you know, it's travel, uh, it's my car, I love cars, and it's investing. I love investing. And I actually put that, and most people don't put that in a fun bucket, but like angel investing is what I want to get to eventually. And so it's not to restrict yourself. And that's something that I always teach my clients is don't ever be restrictive, not in your personal life, not in your business, but you can't afford everything. And that is such a key thing to realize, like keeping up with the Joneses is like, I can afford everything. Like, I wish I was a Kardashian. Maybe I will be able to one day, but I'm with you. Like, you also build a habit eventually and you become content with what you have. And I wanted to kind of circle back to the corporate America piece because that actually gave me the most confidence in the first startup that I sold. I had consulted in probably 50 Fortune 500 C-suites. And what that taught me was that most people in the C-suite don't know what the hell they're doing. Most people have quiet quitted. And I was an analyst at like 24 running a company, you know, and I, I won't mention names, but these are companies that bring food to your house, companies that pick you up, companies that deliver the best coffee in town, companies that provide us cell service. And that unlocked a huge burst of confidence for myself to really just go for it. And now in the position I'm in, it's so funny that I'm like advising the future of companies. And that's what I want to do. And not only the future of companies, the future of philanthropy, because I think those two things kind of need to go hand in hand. So, you know, we're talking about a lot of traits that make us successful, what would you say your most valuable skill is? Like, what would you say that is? And if it's hard to land on one, like, what are your top two or three? I'd say top two would be perseverance and the ability to network and build relationships, for sure. Those are my two. Because I've never been the smartest in the room, ever. Like, (laughs) I don't even want to say my, uh, you know, my high school and college. Actually, they weren't that bad. But here's the thing. Here's what I kind of, I remember learning which might sound kind of weird, but, you know, once you graduate college and you no longer have to have tests, you literally copy the people who are the smartest and implement what they're doing, right? That's kind of how you become successful. That's what I've done with my coaches. In high school and college, 
I shouldn't have done this, but I basically copied off of the smartest people Who in class. Didn't? <laughs> like, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, that's hilarious. It's, it's that networking. <laughs> yeah, I was a I was a three three student in high school and a three five student in college. I was as median as you can get. I would say personally, resilience mixed with a little bit of obsession um, at times, which is an Achilles heel of mine. But interpersonal skills is something that I learned goes really, really far. Like. Your ability to work well with people could make you a millionaire by itself. You know, that's definitely something that's taken time and something I definitely have taken for granted. But I, I really appreciate your answer because I know there's a lot of people that think like they need to go get an MBA or they need to like get, you know, these crazy skills. But like at the end of the day, most of us already have what we need. It's us that kind of need that unlock. I'm going to ask you now a little more of an like an uncomfortable question. Like what would you say is like your most unvaluable skill? Something that holds you back still. Analysis by paralysis. Oh man, I'm right there. I, I was gonna say I'm I right know you there. Are. With you. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's something that's. It took me a long time, and I think that's why it took me. You know, obviously, it helps being around the right people. But six years of just overthinking things, like, man, should I buy a house now? Should I wait? Should I start this business? Should I wait? And all of that could have been solved if I, you know, had the right coach and right mentor. But also it was an unlocking in my head that I had to, you know, figure out myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I still run into that. And to anyone out there, like that plus like imposter syndrome, like those things never go away. You just learn how to react and bounce back from the quicker. So when I'm getting analysis by paralysis, I come back to the present moment and I say, right, like, what can I do right now? Do I need to rest? Do I need to whiteboard? Do I need to call somebody? I have accountability buddies. I will say that is probably been, and that you have like moved in with your accountability buddies, yeah, which exactly. is so cool. <laughs> really though. But that is exactly what you need sometimes is another person to kind of shock you out of that. So I always struggle with this because I feel like when you look at the data, when you look around, like entrepreneurship is actually very rare. However, when you're in like big environments, everyone wants to be their own boss. So- one is like entrepreneurship, like, is it for everyone? Like, how did you know, like, this is what you wanted to do? I mean, I was probably one of the rare cases where, like I said, at three, four years old, probably about four and five is when I literally just started selling stuff on the street and I just got fulfillment and had fun doing it. Once I, you know, moved up to Portland, I had a car washing service. I Jesse at your service, I would hand out flyers. I was always doing like the cookie dough sales. Bro, I was just kind of I loved it just from the start. So, but I think there's other people that, like I said, maybe they're more of an entrepreneur. I think everyone should have more ambition than just getting a paycheck and not getting paid off a performance. I believe everyone can provide so much more value and should get paid off a performance. But does that make you like you should be an entrepreneur? I don't know if everyone, you know, if it's a good fit for everyone. I used to think so. And I used to get mad at my friends. I'm like, bro, come on, man. Like, start this business with me. And then it's like, Nah, I'm good. And that's when my cousin, uh, shout out Izzy, he kind of like checked me. He said, bro, like your journey is your journey. Everyone has a different journey. And that's when I stopped feeling like, man, I got to like push these people forward to become entrepreneurs. Maybe it's not for them, you know? And I think that's totally normal. What do you think? Because I'm always curious. Yeah, you know, I created the platform Unstuck for a reason because I found myself being stuck all the time. I remember a coach of mine said, and this is kind of an old school tactic when you start a business, but it's like, what is something that you can do all the time forever that you're never sick of? And I kind of went the opposite. I was like, I'm always feeling stuck. And I always find myself helping other people kind of get unstuck and find their passion and build their dreams. But I have this hard time doing it for myself. 
And it took a while to kind of understand why I was in that space. After interviewing like hundreds of people and talking to thousands of people, you know, via just talking and just social media too, I realized that there's just like one key component that really is like the crux and the benefit of being an entrepreneur, which is the ability to explore and travel. And, you know, I've always said that like exploring is like the number one way to kind of just shock yourself out of your habits and your routines and truly show you who you are. And then traveling is something that's really important to me, which is like a state of mind. I believe traveling is like a state of mind. It's not something like a destination. It's the preparedness to experience something new and to be like fully present. And I found that corporate America doesn't foster that, right? Because like, why would they? It's against their interests to foster exploration and individualism. Like that's just counter capitalism because they want to keep you cornered. They want to keep you stuck because that's driving their revenue. So that was the huge thing for me. Right. That's so good. I never thought about it that deep. I love that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've spent a lot of long nights staring into an abyss. And when you do that, you unlock a lot of <laughs> uh, pretty profound things that actually are pretty simple. And that that is, I think, the coolest thing about entrepreneurship is like, yes, it's complicated. Like yesterday, I worked probably nine to 10 hours with my team and we just whiteboarded and just like really went hard. But at the end of the day, we always end up those sessions with like at the like simplest destination, but we all kind of go off on these tangents and explore things. I think that's part who I am, part ADHD, but that's also who I am too. But yeah, it, it's definitely been a long road, but I haven't felt more confident. And I know you haven't either. Like you can see it. Even when I watch your videos, like I can see a change in you. And I know, and people have said that about me too. Like you just see like, oh, they're like locked in and, and focused. So I just wanted to share that because at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just get started and you enjoy the ride. You enjoy the exploration. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is they think that it's this linear path. But man, if I drew out my career, it would look insane. That's so true. <laughs> that's so true. We were having a, a group podcast the other night and we were talking about how, you know, a lot of people are so excited about the destination. And I was listening to a song by Russ the other day. He's like, man, the journey is everything. Like, there is no destination. And it's so true. Like, when I talk to people who are, you know, super successful financially and at the top of the hill, as, you know, people would say, or in the mountain, they're like, man, the best times was that journey when I was in the grind, when I was, you know, trying to figure things out. And I'm like, I'm there right now. And most people are. Embrace it and love this part of life. Because you're going to look on the other side and be like, I wish I was back there. Yeah. And I know, and I want to, you know, I'm empathetic to like, the world's a crazy place. And I know that at times, like, that's hard. Like, that's really hard to like. But at the end of the day, like, that also was my reason. Life's crazy. The world's crazy. Like, we went into a global pandemic, could leave the house for a year. I think that's going to leave a massive impression on the next generation. Like, they're going to dare. Like, I was actually listening to a podcast and the guest basically was like, it, it's really interesting. Like, I'm saving for my kid's college, but... I can't think that like this next generation is going to be okay with this structure. Like we want to get out. We want to explore because at the end of the day, like we just were stripped of our freedom overnight. Um, you know, some people <laughs> refused or whatnot, but anyway, that is a huge, huge unlock for myself and you and, and entrepreneurs is like this, the need to, you know, get out and explore. And now taking it a step further now, I see that like you kind of see the structure of growth house. And I saw, and I was watching your immersion video and I see that you're starting to up your offerings, but also like widen your circle. So tell us about Immersion. Like, first off, wonderful name. But two, like, what's your vision for that? Yeah, well, Immersion, the name came from like thinking about 
If you want to learn a language, let's say you want, you want to learn Spanish, where should you go? Probably to a Spanish-speaking country where they don't speak any English and spend like, you know, six months there. You're going to come out speaking Spanish. Like, you have to. It accelerates your growth. And for us, Growth House, you coming in, you're surrounded by entrepreneurs, literally like an entrepreneur school within these houses. You're going to come out way quicker, accelerated growth, speaking entrepreneur and becoming probably one within that time frame. So that's kind of the whole concept in the word immersion, which I love so much. But yeah, man, this has really never been done before. 21 days straight of like mastermind entrepreneur boot camp where people are picking, you know, certain days to come. Here's the calendar. Here's the topics of the days. Here's the speakers that will be there. You come be totally immersed from like 6 a.m., 5 a.m. when we start the workouts all the way down to, you know, 10 p.m. when we, you know, close shop. And also on top of that, it's me now. My network has been, you know, I've always been networking for the past six, seven years. And so now I'm like, now I got opportunity for all my friends to get together. So it's also an excuse for me. I'm like, hey, man, I know you're out in Puerto Rico, but I would love for you to, you know, come out to Arizona. This is what we got going on. They're like, I'm there. I got a guy in Dubai. Hey, I'm there. My guy literally yesterday, Diego Corzo, who's a TEDx speaker, amazing human being, crushes it in real estate, came here as an immigrant. And he's like, YOLO, I'm there. Like that's that's the the beauty of connections and relationships. And so I'm just super excited to have, you know, all my friends, seven, eight, nine figure, you know, business owners all here in this house in Arizona. And also now giving access to people to come into an intimate environment where it's not a conference. We're not charging $25,000 for a weekend. It's literally a whole 21 day process. Mm. Everyone, I'm still waiting for my invite. So uh, I'll let you know. I'm kidding. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to definitely be out there because not only want to like just absorb it all and see and be in a different environment, I'd love to participate in one of those. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that. And immersion and all of those links are definitely going to be below, like I mentioned in the intro. Jesse, is there anything that we didn't talk about today that you want to tell the folks or just anything in general? I mean, everything that comes back to it that's helped me in life is just audit your circle. You're going to have different passions. You're going to pivot. You're going to change. And that's totally okay. I've changed like my business for, you know, the previous six years. I closed probably three, four, five different businesses. And that's all right. You pivot. But also like at the same time, look who's the closest people to you. Who do you hang out with the most? Like your day ones, I always have love for them. But at the same time, if you're trying to grow in certain directions, it's okay. And they understand. Like, I think people are so scared to say, man, I can't be friends with them anymore. And that was something that was really hard for me early on. It's like, no, you can still be friends. It's just, who are you spending the most time with? Are they helping you grow? Are they, you know, serving your purpose and taking your life in a upward momentum? And so it's just super important to, you know, continuously audit your circle, have a board of advisors, like I know you do, have people, coaches that you can get, you know, in contact with that can help you go through tough things because, Bro, we both know this. As an entrepreneur, it's a lonely journey. A lot of people don't think like the, us, like we're the 1%. And so you need to have that community. You need to have those coaches and mentors around you. Yeah, I love that. Audit your circle. And uh, I always say, you know, the people that want to be around will be around. And you have to find peace in that. Jesse, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, all of his links will be below to the Growth House, Emergent, and all his socials. Thank you, Jesse. My brother, it's been an honor. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked Podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.